here we are, high above the earth in a balloon ride for our special episode of Sadie Hawkins Pod. It's so beautiful. I can see everything from up here. What? What? I said I can see everything from up here. No, I didn't bring any. So, I'm excited. We'll get into some voicemails. I can't, I can't hear my phone. So beautiful. I feel like I'm having a real spiritual awakening. What? I said I'm having a spiritual awakening. What do you mean you want to divorce me? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. What? <laughs> Hello, everyone. We're back down to earth from our beautiful balloon ride up in our beautiful balloon. In our 99 left balloons. <laughs> Wait, what does Homer sing when he has the pickle? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, I can normally recall Simpsons quotes so easily, but I can't think of that one right now. Hold on. Remember in the in the 80s and early 90s when like because I think it was like a leftover from 80s or maybe even 70s style where like places decorated in hot air balloons like hot air balloon imagery was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that that was on uh, that was recently in um, Better Call Saul. Remember on Better Call Saul when he works for the for the phone company for he works for the phone store for a little bit and he starts selling phones to people under the guise that they're like anti-government phones or their burner phones (laughs) and like that store has a bunch of hot air balloon imagery on the wall and you were like newer what a specific location (laughs) that they were able to find the uh the little like local amusement park where i grew up had they were a water park slash amusement park and they had Lots of hot air balloon imagery and very like, you know, like pastel pinks and blues and stuff like that. So it's a very comforting image, I find, of yeah. a hot air balloon. Although I'm- I don't find hot air balloons in general comforting, but we'll get into that in <laughs> a little bit. I remember the Simpsons thing now. It's, hey there, blimpy boy, flying through the sky so fancy free. Remember that's, that? That's, not, that's a blimp. That's not a hot yeah, air balloon. That's whatever. different. I'm not over here making, like, Led Zeppelin references. Here's someone's remix of the Hey There Blimpy Boy. (laughs) This is funny. Where's the volume? Hey there, Blimpy Boy, flying through the sky so fancy free. Hey there, Blimpy Boy. This is great. This is the song we're doing this week, right? You said pickle, and that really threw me off. Well, later he sings it, and he's holding a pickle. See? There it is right there. Yeah. He's holding the pickle. If you had said, like, when Homer wins that contest, I would have gotten it, or anything with a blimp, I would have gotten it. It's too bad I couldn't think of it first. Like, Goodyear blimp and stuff. That's not the same as a hot air balloon. Well, whatever. Then he's sad because he gave up his blimp tickets, and he's like... crying holding a pickle like a blimp he's a good dad yeah he He gave it it up for lisa Lisa. i don't know why i couldn't think of that at first because i go around quoting that song all the time you do (laughs) so that's the song we're doing it's called hey there blimpy boy (laughs) that was a remix by dr sally topsy uh two years ago on youtube we're already to my part of the podcast 
So anyway, Balloon Ride, Balloon Ride by Reliant K. So we don't have any voicemails this week. We do have two left from Daniel that go back to the summer, but we'll do those another time. So here we are. Any other top of the show business? Not that I can think of. Oh, you know what's exciting? What? Over on Patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. That's right. We just finished reading the complex infrastructure known as the female mind. It took us a year and a half. Yep. Which is normally how long it takes me to read a book anyway. And here we are. We finally read the last chapter of the book. It's exciting. Just now, we have not yet released the final, final episode, but... Over there, we do have like the final regular chapter of the book, and then coming out pretty soon is the epilogue of the book, followed the by the conclusion, and then getting into you. Right? Isn't that is like it was actually it's called getting into you? One like little Reliant K reference tossed at you at the end, like peanuts. <laughs> like here you go, here you go, chumps. <laughs> Well, there's some. There's they're like chapstick chaplips and things like chemistry boy plus girl relationships was a was another chapter. So yeah, when they could shoehorn it in. But I feel like if we had written it, I mean, my Twitter has better relying. K, our Twitter has better relying K references for jokes than this book does. But True. yep, we finished it, and uh, that's the first big project we finished on this podcast. Now, coming up this month, because it's October. We're, go- we're not only did we just finish this book, but this month we're going to finish our first Reliant K release, as in do every song off of the release, because it's been three years of doing this podcast. Yeah. And we're going to do the third song from the Halloween EP. Yep. And then that Halloween EP will be done. We haven't finished any other albums that I know of. Maybe we randomly finished some like EP, like the 2080D or something that we didn't notice because right. it has yeah. a lot of the same songs on other releases. But yeah, a lot of a lot of chapters closing now in October of 2021 for Sadie Hawkins Pod. But we still have so many songs left, like Balloon Ride. We talked about doing a, another Forget Not Slow Down because it's been like three months since we didn't Forget Not Slow Down. But we've only got like two left. Yeah. Because then we also have This Is The End, If You Want It, which we're doing as one episode. At the end. As towards the end of the podcast. So really we only have two Forget Not Slow Down episodes left. Unless we redo some songs like we've talked about. I would kind of like to redo the Forget Not Slow Down title song. Sure. Because that was an early episode and it was recorded badly and we weren't quite sure how we were doing everything just yet. So that would be good to redo. Yeah. Well, Dan. Or would you rather just forget it and not slow down and just keep never never Uh, go back? It's a good question. I think I'll just forget and not slow down. That'll be a good promo, though, if we redid Forget and Not Slow Down. It'd be like, we didn't didn't forget forget and we slowed down. (laughs) Well, Dan, have you ever been on a balloon ride? I no, I don't. Obviously, I would remember, but I. I it took, You're not. You seemed very unsure. Well, it took me a pause to think about because I'm like, did I ever do like a a sort of like not fake, but a sort of like tethered balloon ride or something? You know right. what I mean? Like at a fair, they might have like get in I have this a story balloon. about that. Okay, well there you go. But at like a fair or something, like you get in this balloon ride and yeah. it just lifts you up for a minute and lifts you back down. They don't. They don't that actually counts. go far. Sure. I don't think I've ever done anything like that, but I feel like I have. And I know I've been to hot air balloon festivals and looked at the hot air balloons. Gotcha. But never have I, I've never actually been in one of those hot air balloons. Gotcha. I've been in a hot air balloon once. It was with my boyfriend, Dr. Harvey. It was a beautiful date. Stardew Valley. Oh. 
<laughs> the best date in all of Stardew Valley because they have these like hard events. And so you can romance like a certain number of, of villagers that are out there as pot- potential marriage candidates. So through my first playthrough, I think I married Harvey. Maybe I didn't end up marrying him, but he definitely has the best date. He's like, he's afraid of heights. And then he decides to conquer that fear because he loves planes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he takes you on a date up in a hot air balloon. And it's very sweet and romantic and definitely the best date in the game. Well, why don't you just go marry him for real? (laughs) And he he loves jazz and coffee. (laughs) I like jazz and coffee. He's really boring outside of that, though. And he doesn't make a lot as a doctor. His his business is a little <laughs> iffy. He's only got like eight patients. So what are you going to do? <laughs> well, thinking of balloon ride dates also makes me think of, and I don't remember anything else of it other than like, I think there was a, I'm, I'm almost positive there's a full house, not a fuller house, but a full house episode where I think maybe Aunt Becky like isn't, like is jealous of other it's either that she's jealous of other Valentines that are happening for other couples, or it's that Uncle Jesse is going way over the top, and at the end he also gives her a balloon ride, and they ride a balloon. So it's one of these two stark contrast things. It's either he yeah, forgot completely, remember. or he went over the top. But the episode ends, or towards the end of the episode, Uncle Jesse has a balloon in the backyard. Gotcha. Which seems incredibly unlikely i mean yes like a lot of stuff with that show doesn't make sense for san francisco but can you just take a hot air balloon out of the backyard of a house in san francisco i don't think so at the very least you need like a license right well, you, you can't need just a, be well i mean was he did he have an operator with him or I no don't remember this is the vaguest memory <laughs> <laughs> because maybe you can like rent hot air balloons so when i was in middle school um uh, we had this like school fair or whatever, and my mom and I were there, and she, my mom was dressed up as a clown, and she was making balloon animals <laughs> for everybody. And they had this you could go on hot air balloon rides, and it was the kind where it was tethered. And this was we lived in Florida at this point, you know, Florida weather. It's not always not always great. Sometimes a little iffy. Hurricanes can just come up and kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so there were some, so my, my, it was a small private school and that ranged from like kindergarten through eighth grade. And there were a bunch of little kids and like two parents up in the balloon with the balloon ride operator and the tether snapped. And right, I have heard they this story. got like flown, they got all jumbled up, they got flown way far away. And I just remember like standing there with like my mom and like the school assistant print or assistant headmaster who was also the Spanish teacher, like praying that they would be okay. And like they ended up getting blown like a mile away mm-hmm. before they were able to land. And it was like super frightening. Like, super frightening. And it was one of those, like, where the sky, like, out of nowhere just kind of starts to turn green, that kind of, like, tornado-y, hurricane-y sky. (laughs) And it was just, it was horrifying. And after that, I was like, I'm never going in a fucking hot air balloon. What a nightmare. Well, do you remember Balloon Boy a couple years ago? Do you remember that? Like, up? No, no, no. (laughs) Well, there's that. But no, I, I love how we're just talking about balloons in general before we even get I've to I've seen song. Boy in the Plastic Bubble and Bubble Boy. Right. But no, Balloon Boy was a uh, a controversy and a media sensation 
a couple, 10 years ago, or it looks like it was 11 years ago. And it was this family, which I have to look up their real names, but I'm on YouTube right now. I'll have to go to the Wikipedia. Do you remember Balloon Boy, where there was supposedly oh, this viral video right. where a father was setting off a weather balloon or something, right. and then I they all started freaking this. out because they're like, oh my god, our son got in the weather balloon, and he's floating away, and they yes. scream, and they yell, and it became this, and then it they- It was a hoax or something. Yeah, it was a hoax. Yeah. Like, the boy didn't actually get they in there. told him to go hide in the attic. Or something right, like that, right? Because they wanted to make this viral uh-huh. sensation. 2009, October 15th, the Balloon Boy hoax occurred when a homemade helium-filled gas balloon shaped to resemble a s- silver flying saucer was released into the atmosphere above Fort Collins, Colorado by the Heen family. They claimed that their six-year-old son, Falcon, was trapped inside it. Authorities confirmed the balloon reached 7,000 feet Why didn't he just during fly its 90-minute flight. Sorry. The event attracted worldwide <laughs> attention, and Falcon was nicknamed Balloon Boy in the media. Uh, and then there's a picture of the Colorado Army National Guard aviators searching for the six-year-old boy. Well, I mean, spoiler warning, because I remember this at the time, but there's this whole thing like, oh my gosh, this young boy got in this like, you know, homemade, just for fun balloon, and he floated away, and they scream and they scream in this video. The video goes viral. The army actually is involved, or the Air Force is involved in helping find it. Yeah, because there's that big Air Force base in Colorado. Yeah, and then, and police helicopters, it's saying, and when... Uh, suspicions of a hoax soon arose, particularly, and this is the moment I remember, particularly after an interview with Wolf Blitzer. So I don't know. I, I didn't quite, I don't quite get here how they say he was saved. If like, obviously the army and the police couldn't, the armed forces and the police couldn't have actually saved him because he wasn't really in the balloon, but somehow they say, okay, he's saved. Here he is. And they start doing interviews Right, and they go on the Wolf Blitzer on the oh they go on Larry King Live, and this is after this is as Larry King is kind of like not on his own show anymore in two thousand nine, and eventually leaves CNN. Wolf Blitzer is filling in, and he asked um asked why why were you hiding in the balloon, and the six year old who was not properly who shouldn't have been on live TV if right. you want to keep this a hoax right. says you guys said that um we did it for the show. <laughs> And then everybody started figuring out, oh, this kid can't, like, lie. It was all a hoax for the viral video. In 2009, when the concept of viral videos was still pretty new, and it became this big hoax, I guess there's interviews with the kid now that he's... So much wasted, like, money and resources in that, too. Now he's, like, 17 or something. So I wonder if that young boy had been actually in the balloon if he would have been like i can see everything from up here i'm connected to jesus more than i ever was before you that's what know. he should have said they should have trained him to say when we go out the wolf blitzer show you say you were closer to they jesus should have than ever trained before. him to- <laughs> wow so when i hear when i think of this song sometimes i do think of the balloon boy hoax although i forgot a lot of details i just read about but i just remember the wolf blitzer show and i remember it was all a scam just for the viral video, and I knew that the armed forces and the police were involved, and it cost all this money, and it was like a major hoax that they were in a lot of trouble for. Balloon Boy. So, this week we're talking about <laughs> Balloon Ride, 
this is this episode is set up in the way that we normally cover we discuss covers like we start with discussing the real version and then we get to the real right. IK version so we're discussing real we're, balloons. we're discussing balloons first <laughs> and then we get to the real IK song so uh this song is pretty fun right i kind of yeah. forget overall how much like not heavy but how it is like most of the song, you know, it's that first part of the song that really sticks in my mind the it's most. It's total 90s vibes. Right. But that sort of like soft rock sort of thing that opens this song, mm-hmm. which I definitely can't tell. And this isn't, I don't think this is just me not knowing like, you know, the ins and outs of music very well. I can't, you can't really tell if that's, I can't really tell if that's an acoustic guitar or just like an electric guitar process to sound light, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It opens with that sound, with that very light sound, which doesn't seem to match most of the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. It really stands on it its own. But then when the guitar gets fuzzy and it starts, you know, being a pop rock song again, it fits in with all of the rest of the album. It's just that first 30 seconds really makes you feel like this song stands out heavily. That light, floaty, clean guitar with no fuzz at the beginning, very soft rock, almost jazzy inspired guitar. Honestly, <laughs> almost jazzy inspired guitar. I what mean, this song think? is a jam. It's like a total jam. Uh, I love the music in this all throughout. Like I said, it's got total 90s vibes, especially kind of more towards the middle and end. It's mm-hmm. good stuff. A song that they've never played live that I have been able to see. Hmm. Um, Not even at that uh, that early show where the kids in Detroit or wherever no. it was where the kids don't care. <laughs> no, no. Instead, they played that that awful fake rap rock song, <laughs> right? <laughs> that I always thought was a cover of some sort, but it turned out it was just like their joke rap rock name, right? Yeah, no, I didn't see any live versions of it. Only one cover from Guess Who, wow. uh, Prince is the Sun, <laughs> That's obviously. Right. Um, not I even... almost said Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> so, I mean, very much, you know, I'm sure it's not an underappreciated song by people who listen to the album, but at large on the internet, it seems to be a pretty underappreciated song as far as like derivative works and covers and anything like that. Yeah, it was a pretty short deep dive as well. Yeah. So one thing I've always wondered is, I know it's Tyson singing for most of it. But there's a point where when the chorus comes in, uh, there's a lot of harmony. There's more than just Tyson singing at that point. And then all the other voices drop down for sort of the end of the chorus. I can see everything from up there. That part, I think that's Steven. Hmm. Okay. I don't think it's Tyson. And it's one of those things where I know that, like, when it's Hoop singing, I can absolutely tell, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least, at the very least, when Hoops is singing, even years ago, before I would pay close attention to these things, I'd be like, oh, that's clearly not the same lead singer. That's clearly not mm-hmm. Matt Thiessen. Then I have the issue of Dave Douglas's voice and Thiessen's voice sounds so similar when mixed together on, you know, mm-hmm, that who is it? Who I am? I mixed this up once recently. It's who I am. It's who I've been, or it's um, I still hate consequences. That's it. I think recently I mentioned who I am. It's who I've been has a section sung by Dave, but it's actually I still hate consequences. So Dave's parts of I still hate consequences sounds so much to me like Tyson that I never knew <laughs> until we did this podcast what right. parts were Dave. 
Well, now I'm wondering the same thing about this song. I'm like, there's just this a couple of words where it doesn't quite sound like Tyson. And because it's all kind of mixed together, it makes me think just this one section, they dropped everybody else up. And I think it's Steven they left up. We know it's not Brian. Brian didn't sing any leads on any albums except for that one thing on the Christmas album where he talks. Mm -hmm. The original mix, not the one that's on... uh, uh, Let It Snow Baby. Let It Snow Baby. On the original, I'll work and no, wait, <laughs> deck the hall, bruise your hands. On that version of Old Lang Syne, that's Brian talking. Brian doesn't sing. Hoops, I feel like I could tell. So I just, by process of elimination, I feel like this is Steven. So right there. From up there. That doesn't sound like Tyson to me. No, but it's so early. It yeah. It could be. And we were talking about, Jessica and I were talking about this in our regular lives recently, how it's not the sign of a bad singer, but the sign of a really good sing. One of the signs of a really good singer is if their talking voice and their singing voice don't sound the same. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the first examples I ever noticed of that was Darius Rucker. All the way back in the 90s when he was only known as the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish. When people thought his name was Hootie. People still think his name was Hootie, I'm sure. But, like, you would hear Darius Rucker's voice in that first big Hootie and the Blowfish album on MTV. And then you'd hear him talking and he'd be like, these are totally different voices. Mm -hmm. So the sign of a really good singer is sometimes their singing voice and their talking voice are totally different because they probably like are really singing from the diaphragm and they've really trained and stuff. Tyson's singing voice on the early album sounds just like his talking voice. Yeah. Then his singing voice kind of changes up around the time that he talked a lot about how he's really been working on his singing, mm-hmm. right? And then you get that with like, you know, post Forget Not Slow Down around the time Forget Not Slow Down. So his voice sounds a little different from these early ones, but especially here... Tyson's singing is just kind of melodic talking, really. You know, it's like not not trying to insult him, and it works perfectly well. Mm-hmm. He's on key and everything, yeah. but his singing in this era is melodic talking, essentially. So when I hear something that doesn't sound to my ear on a close listen exactly like Tyson, that's now what makes me suspicious. So here, the whole band is harmonizing together. Still a whole band. So it could it keeps going back and forth for me. It's like mm. it sounds like one, then it does. It sounds like Tyson, then it doesn't sound like Tyson. It sounds like Tyson, then it doesn't sound like Tyson. And you're right. It could just be how it came out in that moment when he said. I can see everything from up there. But it, when I really listen close, it doesn't sound like Tyson. I mean, they recorded this in like a church or something for like real cheap, right? <laughs> something like that. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, did you see my tweet? That reminds me. Did you see my tweet about um, the gold, a gold mix of the self-titled? Uh, I did not. It was just like in the last day. So I wrote, I was thinking about how we have these different mixes of albums two and three. But there's no different mix of album one. And sometimes I go to the first three gears and I listen closely and I'm like, no, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. They did, they never remix this album. 
So then I was like, oh, it'd be funny. And I thought this and I tweeted it. I said, we should all work together as fans to buy so many copies of the self-titled Reliant K album that it goes gold and then they have to make a new gold mix. So Hilarious. we have two different mixes of the album. When I first tweeted it, my spell check was like, oh, you didn't mean gold mix. You meant good mix. <laughs> Switches it. I don't pay attention. I send the tweet. And some people are like, what do you mean good mix? It's got the mix it should have. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I, so then I, I, at first I'm like super frustrated that, that that happened, that mm-hmm. there was that typo. Because I make typos all the time. I do weird spelling mistakes all the time. But in this case, it was not my fault. Right. So, and then I delete my angry tweet responding to oh, myself. no. No, I kind of wrote an angry tweet like, thanks a lot, spell check. And I'm like, wait, there, there might be a more appropriate, nicer way to do this. So I just tweeted again with the correct thing at the end saying they'll release a gold mix. Uh-huh. And then I reply to that tweet. And I say, this is the gold mix of my original tweet. That's funny. So. That's cute. I would love, it would just be funny to hear another mix of this album which i guess we don't need it we didn't really need another mix of albums two and three either although as we've been going through it like last week there are like down in flames there are little changes that sometimes make sense so that's other top of the show business when we did down in flames i completely forgot to mention i completely forgot to mention this but down in flames is the first new reliant k song i ever heard completely forgot to mention it. i didn't write it down in my notes so i forgot to mention it but the first time I saw Reliant K was at that Salvation Army camp when they were just like literally in a in a van just going around wherever they got booked. Down by the river. Down by the river. In a van down by the river. And they played at a Salvation Army camp and my friend's ska band opened for them. And I think there were maybe 25, 30 people there. M- m- closer to 20. And Down in Flames was the first new song. And only the self-title was out. Down, They're like, here's a new song. It's called Down in Flames. And I was like, Cool. But then when, because, you know, it's a Salvation Army camp, 20 people, Reliant K isn't famous at all. So I guess, sorry, I'm playing with a thing in my hand. So I go up to them later and I'm like, you know, Down in Flames is the name of a real big fish song as well. (laughs) Danny! Whatever. It's a very common term in the vernacular. I don't think it really bothered them. I don't think, why would, why would they care? He was like, oh, really? Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, you know. And then, but I did feel bad later that I pointed that out. So this is the time when I did have, when you could like email them. And I emailed Tyson in 2000 and I was like, there's a lot of bands with songs. Oh, Danny, it's even worse. It's It's so cringy. (laughs) I made it funny. The way I wrote it, I made it funny. I wish I still had those emails. No wonder he remembers you every other time you saw them. He's like, yeah, that kid was an asshole and told me. Tells me all the time about my songs that are titled the same thing as stupid ska songs. What are you saying? I can't hear you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think about this song a lot, super often, but it's a good song. Yeah. It's a cute song. It's not a song that I skipped. It was like a, a song that I would definitely listen through when I was listening to this album. When I first got it, I, I love this song. So I don't think that's an acoustic guitar. I think that's I think that the the soft guitar, the clean guitar. I think that's just electric. I like that ringing at the end. It needed another at the very end. So this is a song that I often cite 
when I, it's a relatively recent opinion I have, like more recent than us creating this show to say that like this album and air for free are more akin to each other in the sense that Reliant K kind of stretches in what constitutes a Reliant K song. Interesting. Because by the time of, you know, the, even the second album, and certainly by the time of Mm-hmm and Five Score, there's like a, there's one kind of cloth from which the idea of a Reliant K song can sort of be cut. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and five score and forget not slow down even though there are different tempos and different tones they're coming from one singular kind of sense one idea one like you know i wouldn't say like they're trapped in a certain mode but they're certainly like streamlined sure and then by collapsible lung it's like wide open right and it's this thing that like we talk about all the time and lots of fans talk about, but they're doing all these different kind of songs and then so many fans reject that thing. It's like, well, these aren't don't sound like Reliant K songs. And then they rip it, they pull it back a little bit to air for free. And there are all kinds of different songs on there. Very different instrumentations, very different kinds of concepts of songs. And it's not like they're all only coming from one sort of category of rock music like their quintessential middle albums kind of are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I then I kind of at some point thought, well, you know, the first Reliant K album, they were there was no expectation on them of what is Reliant K and what can a Reliant K song be. And there's no larger expectation from the genre or the scene that they're coming up in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they can play around with genre a little bit more, or at least play around with the ideas of the types of songs they can play. So they can do a softer to me, which is sort of a post-hardcore thing. And they can do, what are some other songs in this album? Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. Well, <laughs> Charles in Charge. Yeah, like they're, they're, it's still all coming from that sort of pop Hello, punk. McFly. Wake yeah, Up Call. Well, the Wake Up Call is a little different. But you know what I mean? They're just, they're able to, this song and softer to me and something else. Benediction. And Benediction. Benediction for sure. They can do other little things that don't need to sound like they're coming from one specific sort of cut of cloth. Sure. And then things start to get streamlined into one specific sound, even if they're writing different kinds of songs, even if they have a couple of the more worshipy songs on the second and third album. So I think of this album and Air for Free being a little bit more of a kind to each other. You know what I mean? And then Air for Free and Collapsible Long also relate in a way. So, I don't know. It's just something I recently thought about. And it's Balloon Ride, really, that makes me think of this. Because that clean guitar sound, that soft rock, that floaty sound, which obviously matches the the, the lyrical theme of the song, is so so not like a Reliant K song. That you'd think overall. I don't know. I feel like they just are one of those bands that's kind of always done just whatever they feel like doing at that time. Maybe with the exception of Five Score, where they were signed to a major label and had a little bit more of a label's input on what they're putting out on a record versus every other time where I feel like they are just kind of putting out what they actually are into at the time and what they want to put out there. Right. 
And I guess, yeah, like a deathbed is a big departure from the rest of that album, right? Mm -hmm. And that's such a big, specific, experimental, but also grand idea that that sort of sits apart from everything else I'm saying. And this is by like by measure, by the metrics of it, this is not that different from a Reliant K song overall. It's just those first couple of seconds that kind of sets it apart from the rest of the album and really sets it apart from a lot of what Reliant K did up until Collapsible Lung. Mm-hmm. So it's just an interesting little moment in their catalog. It's like, you know, what if they did sort of stick more to the pop rock thing? as opposed to the leaning towards the pop punk thing, which is not really their fault because if you're a young band playing, you know, any kind of fast guitar and if you play at Warp Tour, everyone just kind of labels you as pop punk, even if you are more interested in doing other forms of rock and stuff. Right. Oh, and then obviously, like, maybe this song's more akin to a um, must have done something right to be like sort of a soft rock radio mm-hmm. concept of a Reliant K song. But it still gets heavy and it still gets fuzzy. Not heavy, but it gets fuzzy in the middle. It's still a fuzzy Reliant K song, so it's not that different. It's just interesting. It's an it's a, it's it's a, not an outlier, but it's a it's a notable song among the track list of this album. And like that floaty, clean guitar at the beginning is almost like breakdown. How there's like three different kinds of breakdowns, and how when they have a chance to. Reliant K will, like, the music will match the lyrical irony or the lyrical theme of the song. Mm -hmm. In this case, they have done the same thing. They have a song that sounds like a balloon ride. It sounds like a summer day filled with balloons in the sky. That whole, like, soft rock, clean guitar opening, that floaty sound. It it quite literally sets up the, the theme of the lyrics. Yeah, I see what you mean. And then, yeah, you're right. And then there's like songs in Air for Free where you definitely feel like you're in that particular mood. Mountaintop, you kind of feel like you're on a mountaintop and doing all the things in the song. And, right. You know, sleeping, you're, you feel like you're like out on a porch in Nashville and you're not sleeping tonight and come on over and hang out. Which makes me wonder, like, where do the... Um you know, in what order do these songs get written? Is it, you know, some bands write music first and lyrics second. Some bands have a book of lyrics and then they just start matching up. Some some artists have a book of lyrics and they start matching up lyrics that make sense to songs they've written. Or they might write things together. They'd be like, I want to write a song about a balloon ride. And they sit down and it's like, let's find a chord that sounds like a balloon ride and finish it from there. So I'm curious, like, I don't think we really know. We don't, I don't think it's ever really come up in an interview that I, that we've seen, at least not discussed in this podcast of how does Thiessen write songs? Mm-hmm. We know he improvises songs all the time, mm-hmm. but as every time we hear like a specifically improvised song, like on stage or something, or the songs that we know are improvised, like we just wasted uh, with crayons or the office theme, we kind of you can kind of tell when those are improvised because he has a specific cadence that is clearly his I'm improvising this song right now as opposed right. to the deliberate nature of songs he's written. So I mean, I'd- we know that Forget Not Slow Down, he wrote the lyrics first and then oh, sort okay. of worked on the music later because he sat in a cabin and did it and then, you know, got together with the band and they worked out more of the music. Right. Stuff after. At so. the same time, like there's a he might have I don't think yeah, I get what you're saying. He, he he was probably working on everything together in one at that point. But he still would come with, like, the chord progressions and, like, the ideas of the sure. tones of the songs. 
Like, I know a lot of bands will write songs on acoustic, and then they get together with the band, and they flesh it out. Like, I think Green Day, I don't know if that's still the case, but I know when I was obsessed with Green Day around the time of Dookie and Insomniac, Billy Joe would say, I write all my songs on acoustic. So he would write all his songs on acoustic, and then he'd get together, they'd get together with the band, and they'd flesh out the sound of it with the full band. So, like, how many other bands do that that way? And, and or, or, or is that the way that Reliant K would do stuff? Mm-hmm. Now, with Balloon Ride, I'm asking these questions for the first time. <laughs> on sort of a similar topic, I actually, looking at the song, looking at more the lyrics than the music, although the music certainly kind of goes into this, I wonder when this song was written. I feel like this was probably written pretty early, Based on sort of the maturity and and uh, general vibe of the lyrics and even the music, I feel like this possibly was like they wrote this song around the time of the demo, but it just didn't fit on the demo. So they probably reworked it a little and sat down and did another draft or two right. for this song to go on the self-titled. I mean, this album came out in 2000 and the demo's from 1998. So it's like... Two years is not a lot of time in terms of like there being a big change in the era of the band. So I feel like any sort of song from this album could probably sound like it would come from the same time, right? And I mean, when you're a kid, and by kid I mean teenager, one year seems like a ma- every year seems like a different era, especially if like when you're in high school, mm-hmm. right? Like every year feels like a lifetime, whereas opposed to now. Well, like once you get into your late twenties and your thirties, a year feels one year feels the same as last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's like the maturity that and 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 the, the you know the artistic maturity can develop so quickly mm-hmm. at a time like this in two thousand nineteen ninety eight. So those could be astronomically separate times in Tyson's and the band as a whole's musical development. So. That could be the case. If this feels more early to you, then that makes sense. Because to me, it doesn't necessarily sound like it's from the demo. I mean, I don't think that it would fit on the demo. Right. I think that it's it's obviously does not fit in with that same sort of scratchier, more punk sound. So that's why I'm like, I wonder if they thought, all right, let's shelve this. We'll work on it later or we'll, you know, record it for something else. Gotcha. I wonder, I don't, I don't, I wonder if there were any songs that were really written after All Work and No Play. (laughs) I wonder if like the whole thing was just songs written around 1998 and earlier from their... For the self-titled? For the self-titled. Like I wonder, because you know, there's that thing with a lot with rock bands, like the sophomore slump about how you have a lifetime to work on your first album, you know? So as far as we know, every song on the self-titled goes back to them in their bedroom, not even yeah. signed to Goatee or with their development deal or anything yet. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Just real quick to look over the lyrics. So it's just like, it's a very simple sort of praise song, not necessarily a worship song, but it's still a praise song. It's sort of like about connecting with God. And it's a very um, simple metaphor, simple thing. It's not, it's, it's a, it's, not a little, I, I mean, I wonder if he did, if this is any kind of literal Tyson, if he went on a balloon ride and was like, oh, I want to write a song about this. Or if it's just like, I feel more connected to God. And you can imagine, anyone can imagine flying up in the sky mm-hmm. and just feeling connected to God. So there were times in my life when I was so confused. There were things between me and God that were blocking my view. 
So I prayed, O dear Lord, take these things away so I can see. He answered my prayers, and at the sight of him I fell to my knees. And until I went on that fateful trip, thought that I was on a sinking ship, until I went on that fateful trip, thought I was on a sinking ship. So also, like, there's a juxtaposition here of two different types of, uh, two different types of vessels, mm-hmm. right? It's not enough that it's already a song about a balloon ride and the opening sound of the song sounds like a balloon ride. He's also saying, like, I was rec- I, I felt like I was on a completely opposite sort of thing of a balloon ride, a sinking ship, another type of vessel that is in complete dire straits <laughs> and is falling apart. But instead, no, I'm on a, a better vessel that's flying me above the sky. Feels both immature and mature at the same time. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it feels like a very simple analogy meta- metaphor that almost anyone could come up with. And it doesn't, it's sometimes when I think about it, it doesn't feel like properly structured. Like, you know, it's a song about a balloon ride and suddenly we're on a ship. <laughs> but then it also makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense. So this is very much like an early sort of song. Like, I don't know if necessarily you would hear a song like this any later than this first album. Until I went on the balloon ride, I can see everything from up there. I went on a balloon ride, and now everything seems clear. I went on a balloon ride. I can see everything from up there. I went on a balloon ride, and now everything seems clear. And I don't know if I ever really knew the lyrics to the bridge. It goes, I strive towards divinity, though sometimes I don't know what to do. When other people laugh at me, all I do is look towards you. So, I mean, there's possibly a little bit of, like, Christian persecution tossed into the bridge there about, like, people laughing at the Christians, which that's the context. You know, being bullied in general. Exactly. Like, it feels like it could be either. I was going to say that. It's like, in this context, my mind immediately goes to the idea of, like, people are laughing at him because he's Christian. But people could just be laughing at There's no specific line that says that's the reason. People could just be laughing at him because he's a loser, because he seems like a loser or whatever. Well, on verse two, well, on my way through this life, yet something was gone. I looked round and round and then I found I needed someone. So I prayed, oh, dear Lord, fill me up, fill me up and make me whole. Present my life. Jesus Christ, save my soul. (laughs) It's a very Christian song. But this also feels much lighter than some of the other Christian songs you've done recently. You know, this is mm-hmm. simply like, yeah. I don't feel good. You know, Christ save me. Very simple concept. Like the bare bones of a sort of praise and worship song. Although, like I said, this doesn't exactly feel like a worship song to me. Of course, people could worship to this song because people worship to anything at those Christian shows in this time. Like they put their hands up to ska songs and hardcore songs and anything that's relatively slower. Same pre-chorus, same chorus, and then the song ends. So, yeah, very simple lyrical idea. Like I said, simultaneously nice and simultaneously uh, feels immature, feels mature and immature at the same time. Right. Like all good poetry should. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I guess we'll take our break and yep. we'll be right back. We want to thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. From there, you can interact with us as well as view the videos and images we talk about on the show. 
You can also call our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. That's 402-957-2343. Leave us a message and we can play it on a future episode. Also, we invite you to check out SadieHawkinsPod.com, one simple place to get links to all our social media and a link to our Tee Public store. There you can pick up merchandise, or merch as it's known in the industry. We have our Black Flag parody shirt, our little Sheet Boy ice cream shirt, and our all-new Boys from Canton ampersand shirts that list the first names of every album lineup of Reliant K. And if you can't get enough of us, well, good news. At patreon.com slash Pod, we are releasing at least two bonus episodes a month. You'll also have access to our whole backlog, including our discussion of Owl City's Ocean Eyes, reading through the complex infrastructure book, and the songs from K is for Karaoke. Finally, we want to thank our current patrons, who include Daniel, Josh, JR, Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. We hope to see you there, and even if we don't, we hope that you will keep us in positive regard. Aww. As always, we have song meanings. Crystal Skates 15, March 19th, 2002. This song is so awesome, smiley face. When I went and read some lyrics of Reliant K's, I saw this and I nearly cried. That's how much this song really meant to me. It was so amazing and the words are all so true and it really shows that these guys have massive faith for God and that in this song, he is singing about how things were blocking his view and how he thought he was on a sinking ship and all these other things which make his life seem bad and that when he prayed to God, God took all of that away and made things right for him and that Jesus filled him up and made him whole again and I think that really does mean something. Superness on March 27th, 2002 said, Every time I'm having a bad day, I sing, I went on a balloon ride. I can see everything from up there. I went on a balloon ride and now everything seems clear and it makes me smile and feel much better. Brant the Great on June 18th, 2002 said, I like this song. Dot, 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 dot. Wise Wiz on March 11th. I guess there's there's no debate if this song is about Jesus or not. <laughs> 2003. How could there be? Yeah. No, Said. it's just about a regular balloon. Also, the meaning is right there in the lyrics. Uh, said, a lot of times we find that we're focusing on ourselves and doing things, quote unquote, our way. Because for some reason, man has this funny thing called pride. And we think that we're f- powerful and flawless in what we do. When in fact, we're far from it. We mess up, we blow it, we fail. And it's in these times that we're hit, that we're really hit hard, because we have to face that fact, the fact that we really are weak, and we can't do things on our own. It's also in these times that we're forced to into a much needed humility. And that's what I think this song's about the realization that we need God, but more importantly, that he's always there for us, even when we do utterly fail. If we keep our focus on God, when even when those around us mock us and try to bring us down, he'll take care of us. All because of the simple fact that he loves us. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 29. Then a link popped up from Pandora for Hawk Nelson's song, Recess. Okay. Which I'm not super familiar with, but I guess they thought if you listen to Balloon the Ride, you should also listen to Recess by Hawk Nelson. Is that the soundtrack to the cartoon show Recess? 
Just kidding. <laughs> Maybe? Lifestyles of the rich and the famous. <laughs> They're always complaining. <laughs> Sounds just like Balloon Ride. So, oh, it's a really short song. It's only a minute, and it seems to be an instrumental. I actually got, so like, I haven't really listened, I didn't really listen to Hawk Nelson because since I'm a little older, I was already sort of into, I'm double checking. So 2004 is when Hawk Nelson came out. So like I started getting into, I started getting into punk and rock and stuff in like 1994, 95. I learned about Christian rock in 96. I was obsessed with tooth and nail throughout the late nineties. And and then, so I'd already like was aware of every tooth and nail pop punk band from the late nineties. And then by 2004, Hawk Nelson comes out and I listen to them and I'm like, oh, this sounds to me like more like Good Charlotte Mm -hmm. and the kind of like post Blink-182 pop punk bands that were getting exposure after Blink-182. And I wasn't as into those bands in the mainstream. So there was no reason for me to like be into a Hawk Nelson. I was already more familiar with MXPX. I'd been into Green Day, you know, so I was I was not really... I didn't like too much gloss on the pop punk. And maybe if I listen back to this Hawk Nelson record now, Letters to the President, I wouldn't think it's as glossy as it sounded by contrast in 2004. But I got the Hawk Nelson album from the library, actually. And that's how I checked it out. And I was like, no, this is not. I like, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, other tooth and nail bands that predate this one. Gotcha. Then, and this song actually popped up a couple times in my deep dive for Balloon Ride, the unreleased song, My Cape is Stuck in the Phone Booth. Right, we're going to do that at some point. Yeah, so that definitely pops up a couple times along with Balloon Ride for some reason. Well, I mean, you're spoiling the episode we'll do someday. (laughs) Just a little preview. Right, because there's... I don't know how much info is out there about this song. It's one of the very, very few unreleased leaked songs for Reliant K, which I don't, I think it might be one of the only leaked unreleased Reliant K songs. Yeah. And I have a, uh, I also have, because another, it came up later again in my deep dive, a Reddit thread that had sort of the, uh, that had a link to a Dropbox for the more un- unknown songs, like for the Ed Sullivan version of, right. uh, yeah, Nancy Drew and. I think I found that a same A couple dro- others, yeah. I think and I so found that same Dropbox. Oh, go ahead. I found a comment down below that the reason why, I, I think maybe one of the reasons why it was leaked, or at least the version that was on that Dropbox that you could get of My Cape is Stuck in the Phone Booth was from this commenter, on, or this Redditor, mm-hmm. who was explaining that he asked Tyson what happened to those songs, and he like emailed him and... Tyson oh, okay. emailed him a copy of My Cape is Stuck in the Phone Booth. Okay. Because I was also curious if this is one of the things that leaked from the online scavenger hunt for Bird and the B-Sides. Mm. If you remember, we hear about that, but we didn't do that at the time. So it's kind of hard to get a lot of like clear information from people who didn't 
do it at the do that scavenger hunt at the time. Right. Um. So yeah. Oh, I'm I'm getting a phone call from Australia. Do you think it's <laughs> Denny? <laughs> Apparently, it's someone called Scam Likely. You too can ride a hydrogen balloon to outer space for only a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Oh, that's not bad. That's cheaper than a house. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Facts. Oh, <laughs> live in the sky. Thank you very much. So yeah, a lot of links for balloon rides. Hire a balloon ride. Go on a balloon ride. <laughs> Take a balloon to space. That sort of thing. Nice. Well, like I said, there aren't really any covers to speak of for this, but um, and there aren't any live videos either. So let's see. I thought we could uh, do something that we don't normally do, and that's read through the YouTube comments for the official upload for this song. Nice. So here's the... So, you know, when Reliant K started uploading all their own music to their official YouTube channel about five years ago, this got uploaded, and there's seven comments on it. Caleb, five years ago, said, I can relate to this. Sorry if I'm bothering by all the comments I'm leaving, but Be My Escape is what saved me. I'm so thankful. I've repented before that, but Be My Escape, it just captured what I was feeling. So ever since then, I haven't looked back. Thank you, Reliant K. Um, And then four different comments from other people. That is beautiful, but I'm like, but this is Balloon Ride. So I'm I'm partially wondering if they're like, the comments for Be My Escape are probably really massive. So let me go Mm -hmm. leave this comment on a less populated song. So (laughs) Reliant K is more likely to see the comment. Then um, Ridiculous Ridiculous 247 said, Saw this in concert at the Air One stage, Spirit West Coast, way back in the good old days. So there we go. Some confirmation that this was played live. Yeah. Which I should have said when I said I didn't find any proof of this being played live. When it comes to these early songs for, say, the first two albums, that doesn't mean much. To look on Setlist FM or not find a YouTube upload. Yeah, we mentioned it. Yeah, because like Kickoff, there's no proof of Kickoff really being played live, but it was. It was played when that album came out. It it pretty much every show we figured out since then. I had forgotten I had seen Kickoff live until I got a video of a show I was actually at that's not on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, I was there and I forgot this got played. And because no one was saving the set lists in 2001, (laughs) nobody knows what songs were played at those shows. And then it's just a bunch of random sort of weird comments after that. Like just hi and buena and stuff. So so there's that. Then let's see. Then I just found this other thing. And um, because there's no other like official Reliant K material based on this song. At the best tour ever, 2013, at the Highline, Highline Ballroom in New York City on May 10th, 2013. Uh, Tyson just has an electric, uh, sorry, an acoustic guitar. Tyson just has an acoustic guitar by himself at this point in the show. And he does a cover. He kind of just jams out a cover of Only Living Boy in New York by Simon and Garfunkel, which makes oh, sense because cool. they're in New York. The uploader, Rocker Mom MSM, who we've seen their videos a couple of times, didn't know what song this is. So they just wrote Reliant K cover question mark. <laughs> Because they don't know if it's a cover. 
or a new song. And I did not know. I'm not trying to be holier than now. <laughs> I did not know this Simon and Garfunkel song. But I googled the lyrics and I figured out what song it is. Because there's no comments on here either. I should leave a comment and say, It's the only boy in New York by Simon and Garfunkel. Obviously. It's not that obvious. So let's just listen to this because I don't know when other what other reason we would ever listen to this. Not a lot of Garden State fans in the audience. Oh, is it in Garden State? It is, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. It's on the Garden State soundtrack, and that says to, uh, 2013, so that movie would have been out. Yeah. Maybe that's, I was like, surprised that there's one person who I assume is around our age singing the song mm-hmm. up front. I'm like, oh, they must have liked Gar- Simon and Garfunkel. Maybe they heard it from the Garden State soundtrack. I had no idea. Garden State classic one of the greats of cinema one of the greats of cinema i don't think there's any other film that's as influential and universally loved as garden state i can't tell if you're being facetious or not i don't know what you mean how why when have i ever been facetious zach braff really has the chance to be our generation stanley kubrick everything in that film is so deliberately like the production design the cinematography like it's such a deliberate and artful film from the selection of the music the performances the way influential if for nothing else then it's one of the first instances of the manic pixie dream girl right major influence on the zeitgeist overall I really liked Garden State. A lot of people. Really, I yeah. watched Garden State at the time. I don't know if it's Team really. Team Jessica was super influenced by Garden State. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's almost like the, the. it's like, yeah, you know, um, I'm trying to say, not to make this a sexist thing, but it was sexist at the time. Like boys have so many movies that of the time had so many movies that they felt represented them like Mm -hmm. Donnie Darko and fight club and the matrix. Right now you construct, you deconstruct like the matrix or even Donnie Darko. And it's not really, it's, it, it spoke to boys at the time, but it was really meant to speak to everybody. Certainly Donnie Darko spoke to you and the matrix is actually filled with like gender themes and transgender themes and stuff that like bros weren't picking up at the time. Mm-hmm. But still, I'm just saying the early 2000s, mid 2000s, high school and college boys, bros had these movies and that were just like, they all like then they all had the posters on their wall in their dorms and they all talked about them under my spaces and it represented them. <laughs> well, what did the more sensitive people and by extension, the girls of that generation? And I'm sorry, I'm cutting gender lines. I'm talking about from the point of view of then. 
what movie did they have? Garden State. They could put the Garden State poster up on yep. their wall. Maybe they also had, um, oh, what's that movie called? I can picture the poster. You thought I owned the poster. Universe. Lost in Translation. No, I had the oh. Lost in Translation poster. But Lost in Translation is another good example of a very zeitgeisty mainstream movie that made a generation think they were into art films. No, I'm trying to think of... Um, Origin Suicides? Well, that's a good one, too. I'm trying to think of um, uh, Eternal just, Sunshine. I'm just going to sit here and name every Sophia Eternal Coppola Sunshine. Movie. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. This sort of mainstream movie... I guess what I'm getting at is it's these mainstream movies that made that and i'm sure they still exist nowadays in some context but mainstream movies that had more like creativity and art to them and actually were a singular vision that managed to you know circumvent studio interference and became really successful movies in and of themselves in a studio mainstream construct Mm -hmm. but then made like a generation of young kids and wannabe filmmakers feel like they were into art you know what i mean yeah donnie darko indie movies that weren't that indie exactly call them indie exactly but they had massive massive budgets behind them right I feel like now whatever art whatever sort of like art films that are backed by major studios are happening now actually probably have more credibility, right? Because still by the mid 2000s, uh studios were backing sort of mid-tier budget films that could get that audience that could become popular and really influential to younger kids and like could get to there but now the studios only make giant blockbusters Mm -hmm. or movies that are meant to like fill theaters they're not backing those any kind of singular visions anymore or they're not even they're not even backing the kind of under the radar movies that could be a singular vision and become popular sort of by mistake they're not backing anything if it doesn't have 20 sequels that they can make right bank off of so Whatever, so the movies that exist now and the like peop, kids in there in high school and in college who are discovering new movies that fill that same void, that's actually probably more credible because those are probably actually more indie films. Even like Tangerine. If, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but even if like a Netflix distributes them and it's like a lower tier Netflix film or, you know, Amazon or something, and it, like, speaks to a generation on a smaller scale nowadays because media is so, like, separated out. Right. I still feel like if there is a Fight Club, a Virgin Suicides, a Donnie Darko, a Lost in Translation, where it seems like an art film, but it's really, like... Although it's a lot harder to get picked up by those things now. Like, you can still find some stuff on Netflix where, like, they happen to make a contract, like, 10 years ago with actual indie productions. But now, like, they have such specific specs to get on Netflix. Like you have to have be using certain cameras, certain sound equipment, you have to be in certain formats that are not really accessible by a more independent smaller budget I individual. See. So it is a lot harder to get on those sort of mediums now. Now anybody can put anything on Amazon Prime, but even they are really tightening, tightening up, up because on it, what can be put there. Amazon Prime every <laughs> Halloween was a treasure trove of like horror movies like there were hundreds of independent horror movies like from regional you know backyard horror movies that we could watch to like forgotten 80s movies that got put up by the copyright holders but now i search and it's literally like 
I looked into it. Like I went to the one of those websites that shows you every movie that's on Amazon Prime. And there's a commercial playing in the background. Sorry, I'm getting ready for the next video. Um, anyway, whatever. It used to be hundreds of horror movies. Right. And I used one of those websites that aggregates every possible movie you can find on different streaming sites. And I narrowed it down to how many horror movies are available on Amazon Prime from this year to this year. And it was less than 100. And I'm like, damn, Amazon Prime is really screwing up. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, really, prime and independent streaming sources are the only places you're going to find that more true sort of independent feel. And whatever your your local film festival is. Well, where the teens are really expressing themselves artistically if they don't have that generation of up-and-coming pseudo-art films. TikTok? They're using TikTok, but at least back in 2009... It was teens playing jazz because there's no covers of this song. We'll get to the cover, actually, the one cover. But here is the band Brass in Black Brass in Black, at the WHRHS, so a high school, spring 2009 concert. And this is a six-piece six jazz band of nice. high school students playing a song that is also called Balloon Ride. <laughs> That's some good teen jazz right yeah, there. Yeah, that's good. There, it sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I'm sure it does sound familiar. It's probably one of those jazz songs we've heard a yeah. hundred times but didn't know it's called Balloon Ride. Um, this reminds me of the Simpsons where the teachers go on strike <laughs> when the music teacher leaves. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're playing awfully like elementary school students. And when the music teacher leaves because they're going on strike, they're like, we can play the forbidden music now. And then they play a really, really good orchestral song. Here is a uh, hip hop duo called Briella with their song. Also called Balloon Ride. After this commercial. Uh. All right. We had that one month of, uh, of Amazon, YouTube premium. <laughs> So I think actually they're letting off balloons into the sky. That's no, bad. No, you no. guys are killing sea turtles. No, 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 no. They are. Did they? No, yeah, I think at the beginning. Did they let off balloons? No, I think those are actual hot air balloons in the sky. They went to like oh, a hot yeah, air balloon. Actual hot air balloons. They like. Oh, okay. I they feel went better to a hot air it, it, That last one was so fast. It just looked like a birthday party balloon. <laughs> okay. So I re I just realized this is not a hip hop duo per se. This is Briella is the girl who's going to the female who's going to sing. And then this is featuring Happy's H-A-P-I-Z-Z-E-Z. -Z -E -Z, and he's going to give us the bars. Yeah. 
Baby girl gotta watch them lies Sweet words that would hypnotize You can see it in the eyes Words that are lies Though they try Actions verified He could be a prince in the night But in the daylight Something strike Bypass the hype This is about life As you take flight 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 I gotta take pause sure this isn't by average homeboy yeah Yeah, it is like so briella is an amazing singer quickly developing into a seasoned music artist her song balloon well the song is just called balloon right here but apparently the full song is balloon riding in the night sky is a metaphor for accepting responsibility and learning independence in a way that's what the real k song is but it's through christ the video highlights the power of a strong father-daughter relationship is that her father no, is it? I don't know. I can't tell if he's that much. I guess he looks older than her, but. I don't know. I can't tell. That's odd. He's a very, if that's her father, he looks very young or it's a, just a very confusing description to put. Because especially since it says featuring happies, I just thought it was like a rapper she knows. Well, anyway, it was filmed at the Temecula Wine and Balloon Festival. Nice. <laughs> So, check out Briella's balloon ride. Oh, and then they actually do film it at night a little bit. That's nice. We got to go to the Temecula Balloon and Wine Festival sometime. So. Yeah, it's too hard to get tickets to the Catalina fucking wine mixer. (laughs) Exactly. So, we'll slum it in Temecula. (laughs) So, here's the only cover of Balloon Ride, the Reliant K song. It is by Princes of the Sun from their full Reliant K self-titled tribute album on Bandcamp. That's right. I had forgotten that this was coming. There were times in my life when I was confused things between me and God that were blocking my view so I pray oh dear Lord to take these things away so I can see yet to my prayer and at the side of him I fell to my knees signed until I went on to that fateful trip I thought I was on a sinking ship and until I went on I thought I was on a sinking ship Until I went on a balloon ride I could see everything from up there I went on a balloon ride And now everything seems clear I went on a balloon ride I could see everything from up there That was nice. That was nice. That's probably one of the best Princes of the Sun covers we've ever heard. Yeah. If somehow this is your first episode of the podcast, or at least if it's your first self-titled episode, the Princes of the Sun's tribute album is kind of like, we think now it might like deliberately be kind of bad, like in a somewhat post-ironic way. Like that Yola Tango karaoke album that they did where they like purposely sing awful you don't know this album but like i think it might be sort of jokey in that way or like the residence or something where it's like the joke is we're we do the best we can or we don't because other princes of the sun album music that i've checked out doesn't sound as off as a lot of their reliant k covers Hmm. in this case it seems like they just did a really nice 
campfire acoustic cover <laughs> of Balloon yeah. Ride, it's almost shocking to hear something just so pleasant and competent off of this album. And I only it sounds mean, but I'm only saying it because we've developed a theory now that a lot of the off-kilter covers on this tribute album are on purpose. I know that one of the Princes of the Sun is listening. Come on the pod. <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's it for music. Um, I found there's, there's no, there's only one AMV, no FMVs, but there's one AMV, and it's Naruto. So Naruto was having some trouble and he said oh dear lord help me out jesus help me with my ninja school amazing poor naruto he's confused oh he's he's shooting lasers into the other man yeah he was shooting metaphorical into the guy with the dark hair he was not literal but he was angry <laughs> he fell to his knees in front of a guy with pink hair. That's a girl, actually. Oh, uh, sorry, that's the Hermione of Naruto. Oh, she's gotcha. just she's she got it. She's got an angry anime face right now yeah. with the big furrowed brows, so she kind of looked not like herself. I don't know the characters' names. I read like I we talked about this. We talk about this every time a Naruto AMV comes up. But I read the first like 10, 15 volumes of the manga. Watched like five episodes of the anime, and I was like, this is not specifically for me. But Naruto is like Harry Potter at a ninja school. Right. You've you've mentioned that before. So, yeah, that was great. You actually see Naruto <laughs> land on his knee out of a tree when it says I fell to my knees. So I like, just realized I hadn't looked for fanfic in a while. So I just I just did a general search to see if I got any uh, balloon ride fanfics. Nope. Gotcha. Balloon ride fanfics. Bummer. Well, I'll just give credit to this and not really watch it, but Red Knight Nation is a YouTube channel. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, you found something? So, well, hold on. In 2017, Red Knight Nation posted a two-part birthday vlog about, like, their day, I guess, for their birthday or someone's birthday. I think the uploader, the YouTuber's name is Red Knight. And I didn't actually find where, because it's, it's, like, 10 minutes of of birthday vlog just showing their day going to the mall at someone's house having cake and somewhere in there supposedly is balloon ride by relying k i didn't find it but i wanted to go on a balloon ride Uh, i don't think so i don't think so because i kept flipping around trying to find it i could have sat there and watched the whole video but i didn't i'm sorry red knight but happy birthday happy birthday to you there's also Joy of the Lord by Ren Collective in here, apparently. At least they credited all the songs in the description. Elephant Parade is used in here somewhere. Sing, Sing, Sing by Chris Tomlin. And Say, Say by Kristen Stanfield. So I found a... I don't know what fandom this is for, but it's a cartoon, I guess. And from Word Girl over on fanfic.net, it's a theme song, Balloon Ride by Reliant K. I know it doesn't exactly fit and we already had a balloon song, but I just had to mention this one anyway. Funny face. It's about how when you see God, he rescues you from the confusion of life and things start to make sense. Interestingly enough, I've always seen a vague parallel between Toby's relationship with Becky, in my headcanon that is, and a Christian's relationship with Christ. I love Jesus because I'm so grateful for him saving me, for saving me. And that's how Toby feels about Becky. What fandom was this? I missed. Ah, word girl? Okay, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. 
Oh no, this isn't by Word Girl. Word Girl is the name of the cartoon. This is by Knight N. Gale. Okay. Word Girl is the fandom. I'm not sure what oh. what Nerd Girl. Oh my uh, God. Word Girl is. <laughs> Sorry. Word Girl is a PBS show where she's like a superhero that teaches you grammar. <gasps> oh. What an odd. <laughs> What an well, aw- don't worry. This one's rated K+, which just means that it's for everybody. So nothing nothing dirty is going on. <sighs> okay. You're so baffled. I mean, I thought I knew. I thought I like, I thought nothing about fandom could specifically shock me. And this doesn't shock me, but this surprises me. Why would you have headcanon over an educational television show that specifically teaches you grammar? I can almost like... The biggest educational shows like Teletubbies and Dora. I could imagine someone like creating this whole world around it. But like she's like a flash animated superhero and she teaches you grammar. Well, this is Word Girl slash Becky B. And then also has the character Toby M in it. Ugh, I'm not looking into that. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, nothing should shock you because from fandom because there's so many shocking fandoms. There's Adam Sandler slash Chuck E. Cheese fix out there, Danny. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Everything is a thing. Well, the last thing I have to say is um, that I found, for some reason, this, I believe it's a Pakistani YouTube channel. It's uh, a Mushtang malik channel the word mush t-a-q malik channel and i guess it's just like a vlog about you know life in pakistan they're not speaking english they're speaking their native language which i looked up the name of it's like starts with a u i'm learning a little bit about i'm learning a little bit about the world as i do all this but for some reason it's called channer balloon and then another language can't read it sell by so uh, I don't understand. I, I don't know if this is like. So it seems like it's a real video because it's this guy standing there in Pakistan talking to the camera, but it definitely seems like it's created to do something with like balloons because then when you look at the tags mm-hmm. attached to it, it's like everything about the word balloon. Yeah, just pages and pages and pages of the word balloon. Wow, in here. Hundreds and hundreds of tags. Does so they, he fly balloons? I don't know. That's a really good question. But he... He looks like he's at an airfield. And he's got like a scarf on like he's yeah. an aviator. Yeah, that's like possible. But there's no aviator. balloon in this video. And then there was one other video that also came up from their same channel. Where they're just talking to some like... To some children. To some girls like hanging out. I assume like their daughters or kids in the neighborhood. I can show it to you. But they're like kids. I guess he... Whatever. It's a very... Difficult to wrap my head around video, especially because half of it, because the whole video is not in English, and then half of the text is not in English. But every, they just want to make sure that if you Google balloons, you are going to find this video because it says balloon cartoon, balloon for kids, balloon song, balloon video, balloon prank, balloon hacks, balloon slime, balloon arch, balloon art, balloon air pump, balloon animals, and then in here specifically, it says balloon ride by Reliant K along with hundreds and hundreds of other balloon-related tags. Like, they specifically tagged this balloon ride by Reliant K, which is why I found it. I don't know what this channel's about. 
I don't know what they're trying to Did they tag it 99 Luff Balloons? I'm sure that's... They tag it Balloons from Up. I almost guarantee you that's in there as well. So it's just like a... it's, It's a vlog from Pakistan, and I don't know what he specifically does, but there's like biking here and he if this is the same guy he got very fit <laughs> i don't nice. know if that's the same guy because he's he got a haircut and got fit or someone else took over his video or he was interviewing someone in that first video i don't completely understand but there's a lot of stuff reviews of iphones and just a whole world of pakistan youtube that we get to deep dive down now so listen next week as we start deep diving into pakistan youtube's what do you think, Jess? Balloon ride. Do you like it more, less, or the same? Oh, I think I like it before. a little more. I think I like it a little more as well. Right on. Especially learning that it inspired world, word girl <laughs> fan fiction. <laughs> really makes me realize there's a lot going on in this song. More than I ever realized. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. I need to go on a balloon ride. <laughs>